Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I thought that I would outgrow this shit, yeah. you know, so uh, it's a sense of uh, immature. I have th- I'm immature, yeah. you know. I, I didn't I, why didn't I grow up? Yeah. Um, what happened? Yeah. Sir, what if the writer is attempting to create a story where nothing much happens, where people don't change? More reflection of the real world. Nothing happens in the world? Are you out of your fucking mind? Welcome to A Theory of Mind, a podcast about brains, minds, and the lived-in experience of change. I'm your host, author and biographer Ben McKelvey, and this week I'm really excited to sit down with one of my oldest friends, Cameron Knight, who has for a couple of decades now been a professional comedian. You may know him from his old comedy channel show, Stand Up Australia, or Unreal Estate that he did for Channel 9, or you may know him from one of his excellent stand-up shows. Um, but today we don't really talk about comedy or, uh, or television. Instead, we talk about Cam's journey with addiction and adult ADHD, which is something that he's only relatively recently been diagnosed for. I love getting the opportunity to talk to a friend today about things that we've not really spoken about before. And I hope you get something out of this conversation also. Uh, just a quick note, we do mention suicide on the show today, but we do just sort of skip over it. So be duly warned. Anyway, if you want to keep up with the show, hit me up on Instagram at Benny Mook, B-E-N-N-Y-M-C-K, or on Facebook, which is Ben McKelvey Writer, and here's Cam Knight. Silence retreat. You could probably get well, sponsorship. Well, that's shit. I Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, back to my podcast. Yeah, your podcast. <laughs> Here we go. Um. I thought a really good place to start might be at school because I can imagine that um, you and I had pretty similar experiences in school, um, but then we, you know, our energy changed when we were adults or something like that. But can you just tell me, um, I'll tell you just quickly what my thoughts were. My thoughts were there was something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's that was sort of like had a shame around that, you know, and like I was yeah. – <clears throat> I was a student that did really well until I didn't do really well. And then when I started doing really well, I literally just could not study. You know, I I just couldn't take on the information. I was naughty all the time, you know, like I was just bouncing off the walls. I just couldn't do it. And that was shameful to me. Yep. Um, What was your experience? Uh, Similar. I'm not sure. Did you ever get diagnosed for anything or did anyone look at you? No, it was like the 80s. Well, that's what I was about to say. So it's... um, you know, I was born in the seventies, late seventies, and so I was in school in the eighties, and so Middle, there was yeah. no. There's a lot more acceptance around these sorts of things these days, and um, whereas back then you were, it was very black and white. You're either good or a bad kid. Yeah. You know, and I think uh, at the core of it, like I know my parents see this, and I know teachers that sort of uh, took the time to get to know me knew that I was a good kid, but I was, yeah, I was, I was a bit of a daydreamer. Um, there were certain things that I would really get focused at and Mm. then a lot of things that I would find very confusing. Um, A lot of the times when I look back on my childhood or throughout school, it feels very cloudy. 
Yeah, it's hard to sort of explain, but that is kind of. Oh, no, I know, I know exactly. What you mean. It's almost like memory. you're, you're yeah. stuck in that moment. You're like, this is going to take forever. Nothing's yeah. ever going to pass. I'm not going to take on any of this information. Nothing's ever going to get any better. It's just I'm yeah. stuck. Yeah, like your whole life. It's like you know when you're out at a party or you're out and having a great night, and the night goes like that. And yeah, it's gone. Yeah, um, it's the same thing with childhood. You know, you'd be playing and having a really good time, and lunchtime just seems to go in a second. But then the hours drag within those rooms or you're clock watching until the the, the, the the school day ends. But, yeah, there was certain uh, – certainly from a very young age, I think there were problems or cracks sort of starting appearing um, within what uh, – well, what, what I was good at and what I was bad at, I guess. And there were some teachers, like I said, that were more accepting of that and others that weren't. But by the time I think I got to about – oh, grade four, I had a really rough teacher that was – really quite nasty to me and um, talked down to me a lot and belittled me a lot in front of the class and even my parents did actually go and have a chat with her mm. and then she turned on me even more in the class and uh, spoke about that. Oh, you dobbed it on me to your parents and made it even and you're, worse. You're like, a I'm carrying this around. Like yeah, in grade <coughs> four. And so then by year seven... By by year seven, I was on a behavioural program, which was... Had uh, somebody diagnosed you with something? No, or? no. So my parents at that stage had uh, gone... They'd taken me to see uh, a doctor. I was speaking to my mum about this this morning because yeah. she was asking me what I was doing today and I told her I was coming to see you and talk about this. And so we had a little bit of a chat and she said, you know, we did try. We just didn't really know. There's not much information about that sort of thing. Um we took you to a doctor. The first doctor that we took you to said that he thought you had worms. <laughs> Which is, that's, so then I went on worm at what, treatment. At what age did he I, think I, you I had worms? I can't remember. Well, I think it was around uh, like eight or ten years old or something like that. They took me in to see this doctor and so he thought h- I had hold worms. Hold on. Brain worms? Like brain <laughs> Yeah, they'd come how, up how from do, my bum. How do worms and got up I have no, as, Well, maybe because I couldn't sit still. I was fidgeting all the time. My legs were moving. I couldn't stay still in the chair. I was always getting up. I was yeah. walking around. Oh, he's got oh, worms. Problem with his, bum. his bum's itchy. <laughs> he wants to wipe it on the floor like a dog, you know. So maybe put him on a treatment of Combantron and move on with your lives. And obviously That's that funny. didn't work. Uh, then they, uh, my parents um, drew a really hard line and I, I wasn't allowed any uh, lollies. Yeah. I, I particularly wasn't allowed uh, red cordial for some reason. That was the bad yeah, yeah. Uh, colour additive. That's such um, an 80s thing. Isn't it's like, that? oh, that kid's had too much red yeah, cordial. Yeah, he's had too much red cordial. Yeah. So I wasn't allowed red cordial. I wasn't allowed, uh, allowed red snakes. I wasn't allowed Panadol from back then as well because the Panadol had a dye additive in it that apparently affected mood and um, and sh- in children. So mm. uh, not that I was taking it very often, but they made sure to steer me clear of that. And I most certainly wasn't allowed to have Coca-Cola. Yeah. And they did test this. I do remember um, as a kid being at some parties and begging them to have some Coca-Cola or begging them to have something form of sugar. And uh, and sure enough, I would go off the rails. Yeah, yeah, It was, yeah. It was um, me running around, going crazy. There was something in that. Yeah, definitely. It definitely affected my, my personality. Um, I wasn't listening. I was yeah, absolutely climbing the walls. At one stage, once I, uh, mum said that I was climbing underneath the table at a dinner party, biting everybody's ankles. Mm. Um, I don't know if that had anything to do with ADHD or a fetish, but here we are. So, so yeah. what were the conversations like that you had with your parents when you were a kid? Because I remember distinctly you know, them just being exasperated with me and just going, I don't understand your behaviour. And I was like, I don't get it either. <coughs> yeah. But did you, did you, did, were the conversations that you had with your dad just about frustration or were they also sort of about 
maybe there's something going on. Here. I don't think I really had a conversation with my dad about it. Like I, my dad, um, they, I know they were frustrated. I know it was frustrating. I, I know it was tricky and they didn't really know what to do. Um, you know, they did take me to a, 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 a hypnotist as well mm. to sort of see if I could learn any forms of self, self-soothing. Uh, which apparently didn't stick. They did that a couple of times. There was one other time later on. And I remember that time when I was about 13 or 14 and was having real difficulty at school. I went to see a hypnotist and he told me, um, he taught me some basic lessons of, you know, breathing and um, self-soothing and told me to choose a form of music that I could listen to whenever I was feeling anxious and uptight. Um, Tall. Highly strung, tall. (laughs) Uh, Actually, no, it was Oxygen by Jean-Michael Jara, which is what I listened to. Because um, that was one of my favourite vinyls that my dad had, so I would I would try and listen to that. I would and, I, and look, I would try these things, and then you know it just didn't really stick. Yeah. And also, you don't have these sorts of conversations. What is wrong with me with your kid or with even with your parents back then? Yeah, you like you said, you you carry a lot of shame around yeah. with it because you think I'm bad. There's something wrong. I don't know what that is. But it's bad. And my dad was a pharmacist and so sometimes he would say things like, you know, there might be just a chemical imbalance in your brain Mm. and, um, you know, we might have to work on that. But my dad, again, never wanted to medicate me, never wanted to put me on anything. There were times that dad had had conversations with teachers where they were really concerned about me and my behaviour in school. And bless him, like he was in my corner, He, he said... There's nothing wrong with my son. Mm. He's intelligent. You're just don't. You're just not teaching him correctly. Mm. Learn to reach his intelligence, which is a really lovely thing to say. But I don't know if I was that intelligent. I just think they just didn't have the teaching mechanisms for. Well, it's also not how something. systems work. Exactly. Especially not yeah, governmental yeah. systems. And totally. Yeah. Like I really um, <clears throat> sympathise with you talking about about your dad. It's just not the conversation that you had. Mm. You know, just about the you know your your neural makeup and things like that. It's like, you, you know, you're not going to have a conversation with a policeman about the failures of capitalism or why crime happens. That's that sort of relationship that people have with your dad. But I wouldn't mind actually skipping ahead because quite often what happens with people who have ADHD or, or issues related to ADHD, it sort of gets ironed out or it doesn't get ironed out and then it just becomes part of their adult life yeah. and it doesn't become addressed. Yeah. <clears throat> and... You know, it's you're, it's much easier for you when you're an adult to mould your life around your circumstance. When you're a kid, you you sort of have this uh, one size fits all experience, and so if you have ADHD, you're going to have the same experience as somebody who doesn't. But when you're an adult, you can actually um, build a life for yourself that's going to work the way it works for you. Yeah. But you found later on in life that being diagnosed was positive for you, actually recognising that there was something going on. that it, it, Like it happened relatively recently, but it did happen for you. And can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so it happened a couple of years ago. Um, it was off the back of me getting sober. So I've been sober now for four years. And I thought that with me stopping drinking, a, a lot of things would change. Um, I would become one of those people that posts... Um, photographs of themselves during dry July or October and I feel great and I'm blessed and all that sort of crap and and it wasn't the case I found that uh, I felt more 
lost and more depressed in that first year, definitely about six months in Mm. that I, um, than I'd ever been. I felt really burnt out. Can we, can we go back just quickly about, um, the time and and the reason why you decided to, (coughs) you know, sort of clean up, you don't have to go into any specifics or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but you weren't a big drug user, but drinking was the thing that was a bit of a problem for you at the time. I think at that time I had been drinking quite a lot and I think that's just because it goes hand in hand with my career as yeah. a comedian. Um, you know, I mean, you paid in beer for the first few years and that's your relationship. It's like a reward thing. You drink to celebrate and you drink to commiserate um, the, the good and the bad gigs. So uh, it, it had definitely got to a stage where I was drinking every day. Um, I think more so in my early 20s I was, mm. I was, I was taking a, a fair amount of drugs and... Uh, but self, what, were, what were the things that you were doing when you decided to clean up? You're like, this is the problem part. I it wasn't my choice. It was it oh, was yeah. asked of me by my my wife. Yeah, and okay. uh, and you but you obviously thought it was a good enough idea. Uh, yeah, I had definitely felt I had started feeling the effects. I had started seeing that I was really tired and not present, and was watching. Again, like a child in a schoolroom, watching a clock until it ticked over to five o'clock so I could, I could have a beer yep. or a glass of wine because as a parent then, we were new parents, you know, you deserve it. You yeah. just did a full yeah. day with your child and, you know, yeah. they're still alive, pat yourself on the back and here we go again, you yeah. know, it's that sort of thing. And then when I was on the road, I would drink and party and have a good time and celebrate the fact that I was out of the house, I guess. And, yeah. Um, Do you think it was really wearing me down? Yeah. yeah, you're sort of, you know, giving yourself excuses for drinking. You're yeah. kind of like, oh, this is why I'm drinking now, and this is why I'm drinking now. And then Absolutely. you kind of look back and you go, oh, I'm giving myself 10 excuses in yeah. the last 11 days to drink. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. But there's a joke that I said that, you know, uh, that I said to Belle, that uh, my partner, she said, I think you've got a problem with drinking. And I said, no, I, th- I think I'm pretty bloody good at it, <laughs> you know. And, um, and she's like, oh, okay, keep uh, drinking then, good uh, joke. Everyone's, <laughs> everything's a show, isn't it? And... Um, so yeah, when she when she kind of asked me to stop, the idea was that I was I was only going to do a year. Yeah, it was just oh yeah, we'll just take a year off and reset. You know, did you try and do it yourself before you tried to get help? Yeah, yeah. So I I I pretty much white knuckled it for the first twelve months, and so it was about halfway through that first year that I was really. Really, really burnt out, and did really you have support exhausted. from people who were going on the same journey well, as you? Uh, yeah, I had a couple of po- people who were in a program, yep. and were sort of asking me to do it, and I was very reticent to join, and um, I, because I, at that stage, I think again, I, I was bound to the idea of shame uh, being attached to that mm. as well. Like I really, I didn't want to say that I was an alcoholic out loud you know it's a big difference from stopping drinking yeah to identifying that you're an alcoholic yeah and again also i thought well i'm only going to do this for a year so why would i go to a to a meeting because <laughs> i don't have a problem i'll yeah. be fine yeah. you know um but i did go to a gp and um I, I i sat down and just told told her what was going on for me and how i was feeling and and she just said oh, you know you sound you might be depressed you know have you ever had antidepressants and I said no I really didn't want to take antidepressants why did you go to the GP I because I didn't know what was going on with me I felt so flat so worn out it had started becoming uh 
it had started sort of manifesting itself in my body. Like mm. I would wake up in the morning just with really excruciating lower back pain and I just thought, well, I feel like I'm falling apart. So did you, you thought perhaps there was something physiological happening? Yeah, and you? I was like, what is happening to me? Is this all in my mind? Am I creating this or is there something wrong? Um, I should be feeling great. Yeah. I haven't been drinking. Um, I feel like I'm eating well. Yep. Why aren't I feeling great like everybody else does when they stop drinking? And so I wanted to go and, and sort this out, you know. And so then she she put me on a on a script for, for antidepressants and I was I just sort of held off for a bit and I spoke to dad about it. Were you reluctant? Massively. Why yeah. did she give them to you then? Um well because that's what they do, I feel. Like, yeah, right. You know, <laughs> it seems to be um their go-to. Oh, you're sad. Take this. Yeah, yeah. And I did wa- she try and talk you into it a little bit, or not particular? I mean, sort like, of. Here's the script. She if you wasn't want like hardlining it. Yeah, just yeah. Go, you must take this. It'll make you better. But have you thought about giving this a go? And I'll write you a script anyway. And you know, it's up to you if you want to. But yeah. it's there, and you know, it wasn't that uh, intense. And I, but I did. I spoke to my dad about it. And again, like I was very reluctant as well, just because we have in our family like a history of uh, on my mother's side my, my grandma um ended up in a in a in a bit of a in a bit of a pickle she ended up in a psych ward when she was late in her life and um and then my cousin as well in his early 20s was yeah. diagnosed with schizophrenia and and he ended up unfortunately taking his life and so i was quite scared i was thinking oh mm. man maybe i'm i'm next here maybe this is just genetic and i i can't outrun this mm. you know and I was. Did wo- you talk to your GP about that? Yeah, yeah, I did, and I spoke to Dad about it too. And I was nervous about just the side effects of these things as well, um, because they can have the adverse effect. Yeah, like yeah. they can actually cause the, uh, even more of a problem. Mm. And so, I took him, and I spoke to Dad, and he just said, "Look, if you want to try this out, you're going to have to try it for a year to get the full." experience to actually see to that the it's, yeah, it's starting to work and I thought okay well I'll give that a year then all right so and it made me feel so detached and even kind of worse I started sort of shrinking into myself a little bit and I don't know how I managed to still do comedy or go out um, I felt sometimes as if I was operating from a different area it's like playing a computer game yeah. like I was sort of outside of myself a little bit um, but just sort of everything was just numbed. Um, that, and I didn't cry that entire year. Yeah, right. And tried to. Would, would you, you find know? yourself like watching movies and listening to music and something like that and go, fuck, I should feel more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I started to really <coughs> miss that and resent that. And then by the end of it, it got to a point for me where I did start having those side effects that you see on the box. Mm. It did start affecting me in a way that was really quite scary um, and it would come about in in <laughs> just I'd be doing the most menial of tasks or just be thinking about something that I had to do like oh, I've got to pay a bunch of bills or I've mm. got to get my tax done and I'd hear the voice why don't you kill yourself why don't really you, yeah and, and you'd never heard that voice no, previously no and that started really scaring me and if I was thinking about anything if I was trying to reflect in any way, or maybe a thing that I'd done wrong, or um, you like kill yourself, kill yourself, yeah, and I'd be like, "Who's saying that?" And yeah. it would really scare me. It'd come at me in different ways, and I just that started to, that started happening on a daily basis. That I was kind of, "Well, I'm when am I going to tell myself to kill myself? This is awful." Yeah, right. So you'd be um, waiting to be surprised by this voice in yeah. whatever it is that you were doing. You yeah, know, you'd be like, "Oh, one of the kids is crying. Kill yourself. Oh, kill yourself. Oh, yeah, your shit dad. Kill yourself." 
Wipe Did you pain. immediately take yourself off these antidepressants? Well, that's the thing. You've got to wean yourself off them. And then so I had to – I then, again, I spoke to mum and dad about it and I said, oh, this stuff is freaking me out. I don't, yeah. I don't like the way this is going. Again, given – Your dad's uh, like, well, why don't you cue yourself? Why don't you cue yourself? <laughs> <laughs> and, well, just given our history as well, and this is the thing, I wasn't going to yeah. do that to myself. But I also just didn't want to hear this voice in my head telling me to do that thing. Like I know that it wouldn't have led me to to doing that. I no, know but it's that. Never I know negativity. That I, yeah, it's, this, it's this extreme negativity. Yeah, yeah. But it was just this. I was like, I just God, I don't want to hear it. I just don't want to hear this anymore. It's really, it's really awful. So I went and said to against the same GP, explained exactly what I pretty much just said to you, and yeah. said, I want to get off this stuff. I don't like this stuff. Yeah. And she said, uh, maybe you need to go and see a psychiatrist and, and have a proper conversation with them. And I just thought, why didn't we do that a year ago? That's exactly that what I was thinking when awesome. I heard that she had th- 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 yeah. th- that she'd uh, given you the script. Yeah, so I went and saw this psychiatrist. And again, so I had to go through this whole process and explain of my childhood and um, what that was like. And, you know, because I did have a really tough time at school to yeah. the point that, I mean, I got booted out of of high school um got expelled from from a boarding school and then had to go back and so I was always carrying around that guilt and the shame of that mm. but also I think um I just want to go back on that childhood bit you get told so many times that you're bad that you just throw your hands up in the air and just go I, 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 I am fine <coughs> yeah. I will be bad there's I can't wh- how am I gonna prove to you that I'm not anymore because you've already made that decision about me Fuck it. I want to be bad. Man, I, I had that two days ago. <laughs> no, I honestly, robbed a bank. No, no, no. Yeah. What had happened was uh, a friend of mine um, in Perth, he had bumped into a kid that had known me when I was very young. Yeah. You know, like when I was six or seven. And uh, this guy said, oh, yeah, we know Ben. We both know Ben. Oh, yeah, cool. And it's like, oh, what was he like when he was a little kid? He goes, oh, man, he was such a naughty little kid. Yeah. I, maybe I, I must have been nine or ten because, you know, that's when I sort of had behavioral issues. Yeah. And as soon as he told me that... It all just, I was like, I, I just was, I was angry and I felt the shame and I was like, like intellectually, I'm like, who gives a shit yeah, what this yeah, nine-year-old yeah. kid was like? I'm a man. I've got these, yeah. this whole set of experiences <laughs> and I'm a completely different person. Yeah. And I was like, it, I was back in that place. I was like, well, fuck him. You know, yeah. like, fuck him, fuck everything. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I grew up in a town of less than a thousand people. So yeah. everybody knew that. Yeah. It's not like... It's here in a big city where you can just be anybody you want to be and only your close circle of friends and your family kind of know you or see any sense of change. Mm. I ran from that town at 17. So I know they still remember me Remember me as that kid and I know that I've still seen, oh, man, you were a handful, man. You got mm. so much mischief, blah, yeah, yeah. Da, 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 or oh, I bet you got your bloody hands full with your kids now knowing they're yours. You know, it's that uh, they... <laughs> They are your kids, aren't they? After it's all, you hear all of that. Thing, just buddy, like, thanks, yeah. man. Yeah. Like maybe give me a fucking break here. It's I mean, so you it's can't so evolve, shit, you know. That, you, that yeah. you do that, you kind of feel like you've taken charge of your life and you've done something different and you've you know perhaps broken out of your circumstances and things like that. Yeah. And there are situations in which you can just be put straight back there. Yeah. And you can do so much work on yourself, mindfulness and acceptance yeah. and yeah. all this sort of – and that anyone can say just one little thing, I think, particularly about your childhood. And yeah. you are. You're straight back into that. You're that little yeah. kid in the corner like, oh, man, I hate myself so much. So did you but recognise, though, with this psychiatrist that you're kind of like, oh, it's this big ball of, of, of string that I'm just going to have to sort of pull out and take the threads out and all of this stuff that had happened to me when I was, when I was a kid. Did you 
I just sort of explained a bunch of stuff to him and I know I, I think what he really latched onto was my impulsive behavior yeah uh, my irrational thoughts and um, I also had uh, a lot of frustrations and um, irritability and uh, I had uh, I had the ability to explode yeah a, a lot of anger did you recognize that, that in, in the th- in the things that he'd said about you and went Oh, yeah, you kind of get it. Yeah, well, he just went, these things sound like symptoms of ADHD <clears throat> and it's not depression because we yep. talked about what I was like in school and how I have handled things as an adolescent, how I've handled things in my early 20s and 30s, all of those sorts of things because mine was a thing where I would just bottle it up, bottle it up, bottle it up and then it would just explode. Yeah. I'd feel great yeah. and nobody else around me would. Yeah. They were just like, <laughs> what is going on with that guy? Yeah. You know, just Mount Etna walking around. And so... Um, he just said these these sound like symptoms of ADHD, and then I did like a checklist test with him and just smashed that. Uh, <laughs> did passed really the, well. adi- passed the, the adult ADHD <laughs> yeah, yeah. test with flying colours. Yep, got a, a, a plus, plus yeah, well done. A plus ADHD, <laughs> and um, he was really great. Actually, he's a really good guy. I mean, I still have to check in with him. Um, so, what do you do with you? you? You were being medicated for the wrong. I was yeah, I was <coughs> I was dis uh, yeah, I was. Um, so do you, discon- you can't discontinue it straight away? No. So then I had to wean myself off the, the antidepressants. antidepressants over a, a course of a few months whilst also taking the Ritalin. Oh. And so then uh, slowly that slowly that sort of balanced out and then I was just on the, the Ritalin then. What then was the period like when you were taking Ritalin and... Oh, it was a bit weird. It didn't... There was a, the first... For the first three or four days, like I ju- all I wanted to do was sleep. Yeah. And it was really hard to explain that to a partner when you've got a couple of kids. Yeah. You're just like, I can't get out of bed. This is knocking me out. Like I have to go back to sleep. I, it's like so weird mm. um, that I had to do that and just lay... It would just come on, just this. I'm, I'm exhausted. I mm. need to go and lie down. I'm really sorry, you know. And then, and then that sort of balanced out. And um, and then once I was on the the riddle and alone, um, again, we just sort of, we had to sort of play around with it. You just become a bit of a guinea pig. Yeah. <laughs> there's no yeah, yeah, yeah. rhyme or reason. There's not no. There's like you. This is what you need. Yeah. It's, it's all suited individually, really. So we had to work out. How much? And they can't, you know, it's not like they can give you a blood test and go, okay, this yeah. is working well. It's like, how do you feel? Yeah, yeah. And then you have to yep. you have to assess that against your circumstances. You're like, yeah, I don't feel good, but this happened yesterday and this happened last week. Yeah, and then yeah. you're like, well, maybe those things only happen because the medication is, is not what yeah. I should be having right now. And yeah. that's tough. I did notice like, though, I did notice a marked change in my personality very, very early on with when I was just on the, the, the Ritalin. Um, there was a couple of times when I sort of overdid it yeah. and was a bit like, I'm going to clean the house, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, settle down. Do Again. not clean the house. <laughs> <laughs> you know, says, I'm going to get my life in order. Let's do this. Write that manual. But what, what were the good things that you saw? Uh, I Just a, a, a sense of calm. And it's still sort of there. Like I can um, – there's not – it's not like I can – I can start a project and sort of sit on something and not go flit around and yep. do multiple things during the day and do very little of a lot of things, which was really frustrating to mm. me and it was very frustrating to my partner and I think also, again, very frustrating to school teachers when it's just like you're meant to do one thing. But it's frustrating for yourself like, as well. Like it's yeah, difficult when yeah, you can't yeah. finish things. Absolutely. And so um, I was able to go, oh, I'm going to do this. This is what is happening. But then also I, I've had found just a marked change in my personality 
in the sense that I, I wasn't getting uptight and I wasn't getting aggressive and the outbursts lessened and lessened and lessened and lessened to the point that they just don't really, they don't happen mm. anymore. You know, it just, it really calmed me right down. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Um, which. Was that gratifying? Yeah. yeah. Like it was. Like Relief? A, yeah. It was kind of just like a. Just even when he said that to me, that you are showing symptoms of ADHD, I was just like, I know. Like yeah. I kind of have known this for so long and I think my mum and dad have known this forever and yeah. I've just been so... <laughs> so why had you never suggested this know. to someone while you were going through this process? Because I think that as an adult, it's, you it feel like it's linked it's to kids. Thing? Yeah, it's linked to kids, yeah. you know. It's like I thought that I would outgrow this shit, yeah. you know, so... Uh, it's a sense of uh, immature. I've have the, I'm immature. Yeah. You know. I, I didn't. I why didn't I grow up? Yeah. Um, what happened? Um, so you always just think, ah, oh, I'll get better. I'll get better. You yeah. know. But I wasn't. I was depression. Uh, that's an adult's disease. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. And I had. But all of those things, like the depression and the burnout, and um, those are all things that are linked to having ADHD yeah, as well and high functioning ADHD people. A lot of people just see, you know, what's there, there is this thing, it's like the ADHD iceberg and they show what's on the exterior, yeah. so pe what people can see, which is just sort of this impulsive behaviour or fidgety, can't sit still and all that. But beneath that surface is all of this other stuff, yeah. this self-loathing and this anxiety and um, you can get hyper-focused on some things or you can't, uh, you know, finish projects, uh, angry outbursts and... Um, poor relationships yeah. with people, all of those sorts of things are affected by well, it's it. It's hard to have a symmetry with someone unless they're yeah. on the same, you know. Well, you just become a bit of a burden, yeah. which I was very aware of, yeah. you know, and I think I'm still kind of carrying around and trying to deal with and, and come to terms with. But um, it was it was to me, I feel like the best thing that I've ever done in my life was, was, was to get sorted out. Recognising that that's yep. what it was and then working from that position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and again, I think mum and dad didn't really want to put me on any medication too because it was a bit of a, it was very new back then, you know, and dad just thought, I don't want to put my kid on any medication either, even though that's what I do for a living. Yeah. Um, and so I, uh, last year I sent my dad the, the ADHD iceberg and he just writes back, oh, this sounds like me. Oh, it sounds like your dad yeah. or you. Him. Yeah, right. And I just was like, you think, mate? Yeah. You think, you spectrum widow? Because <laughs> he's always been on that level. And I, we were sort of having a bit of a chat about it because my dad is high functioning. Did you send that iceberg in context? or I sent it to uh, like, what do you reckon of this? This is I making reference to you or him? Me, yeah, but right. in my but I was doing it yeah, to yeah, sort yeah. of show yeah. him because yeah. I, I mum and I had spoken about it and my sister and I had sort of spoken about it as well. There's something going on with dad, and he's he is he's the same. Again, mum was mum and I were talking about this today that he is one of those people still to this day where he can't get 
projects yeah. finished. He has multiple projects on the go. Did you post um, him a couple of your Ritalin? He, uh, I, yeah, I should really. Well, I mean, <laughs> give it a go, Dad. You might be all right. Probably. Yeah. Um, my dad, he's a great example of some weird stuff that my dad does. Like, uh, mum wanted him to do a part of the garden and, and, and uh, he was obsessed. Of ma- uh, he got obsessed with just wanting to make the perfect soil. Mm. And so he sifted all of the sand in that whole garden and got all of the rocks out of the garden and then didn't want to get rid of all of the rocks or pay to get rid of the rocks. So what he decided to do was he would fill plastic bags with all of the little rocks that he found. And then he had them dotted around the backyard on the lawn for months so that it killed the lawn and the lawn was polka dotted with like this dead spots and he would then every day uh go down the shops and then go past some bin and chuck it in a bin down the street and that is just such a we were like what is going on with you yeah, right yeah. man what like is the, what why is the, uh, are you doing this sort of stuff but he what is the heuristic of deciding that that's the way you're he's gonna just do like that? this is a good option and so <laughs> i'm gonna stay doing this he's like i'm retired i've got the time this is how i'm gonna do <laughs> yeah, it totally and <laughs> um, but he is it, things that he gets interested in. He really does yeah. focus on, and I can I might not have seen him for months, and we'll be around the table, all of us chatting, and then Dad will be chatting, and then all of a sudden Dad's not chatting, and you look over and he's just nose deep in a book. Yeah, and we always just thought, oh, he's just a nerd. Yeah, yeah. But then I'm like, no, 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 that's just Dad's that kind of personality. He will just disappear and go and find something that he's interested in, and does these sorts of things, and. So, yeah, it was really kind of interesting that he just wrote back, yeah, I think that's me. Now, how do you feel about the fact that you've recognised this of yourself, you know, and you've been diagnosed? <clears throat> you, you certainly see it in your dad as well, and he sees it in himself. Mm. You've, this, this has happened to you at a time when you are raising two very young boys. Yeah. Are you just super thankful of the fact that this has all happened now rather than in 10 years' time or in 20 years' time? My diagnosis? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, I mean... I think I'm I'm glad that my sobriety is is still intact and that I am capable of being present for them and um and mindful and yeah I I know that I found dad really I my, I was scared of dad for a very yeah. long time because of his outbursts. Is it because you didn't understand him? You just couldn't I didn't know yeah. and he didn't know that he had had it or still has it, you know. And he was one of those it was the same as me. Yeah. It was the outburst yeah. and I always was I was told, "Oh, you're so much like your father." <coughs> and I thought, "Oh, well, I've just inherited his personality because we're around each other yeah. so much, you know. It's um manifested itself in me as well and so i was like oh well i just won't be around dad and i'll just work on my own personality but mm. it turns out that has a lot to do with the adhd but yeah dad was one of those people who just explode yeah. at you and so you just my dad's got a very big bo- voice and and that was really scary and i you know i was like oh, yeah i am glad that i have worked this out now from a very young age because the last thing that i would ever want my children to be is scared of me yeah of course know, um or to see me drunk but yeah. um yeah, I, I, I do notice one of them now is sort of showing signs of it because it is genetically passed down. The other one's kind of fine. And I'm kind of, you know, I'm a bit scared of that. And But I, it's good now that I have the awareness of it yeah. to know uh, just how to navigate it, I guess. You know, it's it's 
I, I do see him sort of drift off. And he has said stuff. He's just like, you know, I'm trying, Dad. It's just it's really – sometimes it just gets really noisy yeah, here, yeah. you know, because he just sort of disappears and doesn't hear you talking, like doesn't hear you saying, can you get your clothes on? Yeah, and you'd be like, mate, I've been oh, talking yeah. to you. and Yeah, where'd you go? So What's I guess, th- you know, the, the, the great thing there is that, <clears throat> you know, you can – come from this compassionate place where you're kind of like, yeah, I do get it. Yeah. You know, like I do know what that feels like. I still yell at him every yeah, now yeah, of and course. then. Don't get me wrong. Well, you have like the primary <laughs> effects, but then at least you won't have the secondary or tertiary <laughs> yeah, effects. Yeah, exactly. You know, like yeah. you'll have the blow up about, look, I have to get somewhere and you have <laughs> yeah. to put your fucking clothes on. <laughs> exactly. But then afterwards you won't be like, what a shit kid. You'll be like, <laughs> yeah. oh, it's a bit of a you're shit a, dad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know. You're not a bad kid. Yeah, yeah. Know? And I say that to him. I have, I said it to him this morning, you know. You're a good kid. Man. Yeah. You're a good kid. Don't yeah. worry about it. It's all right. Um, right. When you, when you realised that you had, uh, you had issues with ADHD and you started taking Ritalin, mm. did that mean that you had a different relationship with your alcoholism? Because you were like, oh, these two things are probably related, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it did. It, it made a lot of sense to me what I was doing. I was just I was trying to self-medicate. I was just quite trying to quieten the mind, mm. just trying to stop thinking or stop feeling nervous or fidgety i couldn't keep my legs still even as an adult i remember visiting friends or just be thinking my leg is just going and i remember hanging out with my friend heidi once and she just went stop yeah and put her hand on my leg it's like it's okay what's wrong i'm like nothing like, i didn't even notice it was going <laughs> just vibrating just, like, just keeping the engine running yeah, you know, yeah, just yeah, on right. idle the whole yeah. time and um, so yeah, and I think even just with experimentation with drugs, you know, very early on in my teens, I was, um, you know, I was smoking pot and that seemed to work until it didn't. Mm. And that turned into, a, it, it <laughs> just made it a little bit worse actually, where I would, it gave me a huge, uh, just a lot of anxiety mm. at the back end. So that's when I quit. I quit pot very early on, like at 18, because yep. it was giving me panic attacks. And um, and then just found that it was alcohol from then on. Yep. That was the thing that I could just... It just nullified everything. It's just... It's just gone. Was it also... Was it also... Um just making social situations more bearable as well. Absolutely. Because, you know, yeah. you, you're like talking to someone, you're bouncing off the walls, you're sober. You're kind of like, oh, fuck, this is going to be so much easier if I've just had a few drinks and oh, yeah, no, I chilled just, out a bit. I'd get really anxious in social situations, yeah. like really anxious. And they just, and I, and I didn't know why, you know, because people always sort of thought that I was this gregarious individual that was quite extroverted. But that was, I always felt like I was a bit more of an introverted extrovert. And the extrovert part was the person trying to protect the introvert. (laughs) (laughs) And you become very good at um, pretending. You become very good at imitating other people. You become very good at uh, knowing how to bloody get by. Filling the empty space as well. You find yourself going... Who is this idiot? Like <laughs> you, you hear yourself talking at a party and you feel yeah. like, what the fuck am I talking about? I don't even about? like cricket. <laughs> Why am I quoting <laughs> exactly. cricket stats? I don't give a shit about this stuff. It's my boring game of the world. Did I just say that Mark is my favourite batsman? gives a fuck? <laughs> I'm more concerned about what the universe is expanding into for fuck's sake. You know, it's that sort of problems. But uh, I, yeah, I found that, that it was alcohol that was the thing that I always went back to, you know. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, in my early 20s, and I mean, I would never say no to to drugs when they were around yeah if they were around or um but it wasn't something that was needed the alcohol was what was needed yeah i never like i mean i went through a really big phase you know with uh, 
with like MDMA, I yeah. think, and that was a wonderful experience. But even uh, when I experimented with things like speed or or anything like that, when I particularly with speed, that I just went, oh, I feel pretty normal. Yeah, yeah you right. know, and that's when I started thinking, perhaps yeah. maybe I do have ADHD if we're supposed to be taking this other medication but i just thought i don't know that's all right that's just not my drug i'll yeah. do this thing instead but every time if i ever quit um if i ever had a rest on any drugs or anything like that i was more than happy to just fall in the loving arms of booze, of booze yeah because it just was numb yeah you know but it would help me uh i definitely you know i mean i definitely binged and when i was out because of awkward awkwardness mm. know, i always felt like it would bring out a better personality which more often than not <laughs> I didn't. To, to a point. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't really soften the impulsive behaviour in any way. No, I, booze is not well known I mean? for, for softening impulsive yeah, behaviour. Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. being at your place on a New Year's Eve and I know I'd stopped drinking for about three months prior yeah. and then we went to your place when you were living in Bondi and you had that massive balcony mm. and I started drinking and it was just like a switch came on and we were out on the balcony and I did this. I threw a beer bottle off the balcony and just it smashed on the f- road mm. like down there and I thought it would be really funny because I don't if know you just why. killed some random backpacker <laughs> I remember that night as yeah. well actually because I, I think that there were a lot of people that you didn't know that were there as well yeah which was probably a contributing factor there mm-hmm. was there was sort of like another group of friends yeah yeah and um you know you were life of the party you were also it wasn't a room full of comedians it was a room full of other people and it's yeah. like oh okay come on you're the comedian. What do you You're got? the funniest guy. You're be yeah, funny. Let's go. Yeah, I will. Let's go. <laughs> I also I also vividly remember I was telling someone the other Punching day. Punching me in the nuts when we got photographed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do remember I remember that. that. <laughs> um, Speaking of impulsive yeah, behaviour, exactly. Ben. Um, no, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason I'm asking questions so I don't have to answer them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I remember when we were in um in Melbourne and we were at Revolver. Do you mm. remember this? No, Revolver was like a vortex for me. I lost yeah. many hours in there. This was this was were we uh, together. Late late stage Revolver. Yeah. I was there with. Um, oh, with oh, this is what I said to the bouncer. Volleyball, volleyball yes, girls, yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. But 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 it makes sense because it was you know you sort of it was like this socially awkward situation because the guy was like, "I'm not letting you in." You mm. know, like we went up to the bouncer and we're like, "Oh, can we go in?" And he goes, "Oh no, this band's playing tonight." Yeah, and he you know he'd said it because he, what he actually meant was. Uh, I don't want you to come in. Yeah. I, d- I don't think you guys are in a state where you should come. I in. was pretty drunk by yeah. then. Yeah, I actually won't say what happened, but I, I was I was very amused by that, and that's why. No, I we this have story. to finish this now. <laughs> we have to. Well, you I, said, yeah, we're here. We're, we're here, here to, to listen the to the bands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, and then he said, oh, really? Are you? We, what, what bands are playing? And then you said, <laughs> I can't remember the name of the band now. Uh, no, your mother stinky cum? Are they playing? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and I was there going, oh, okay, let's go. We'll was, go somewhere else. I thought it was you're a filthy cunt. <laughs> no. Oh, I went with your mum. Oh, get me out of are here. They, are they playing? They're playing tonight, right? I was like, I'll be very surprised. Which if, is the reason why I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it probably will because yeah. I can't be bothered anyway. <laughs> but, uh, that was like 15 yeah. years ago. Yeah. And I remember that because... You know, you tell the story once every four years or something because it's funny to you. And then it's only later on in life where you're kind of like, oh, why did I do that? <laughs> yeah. And also, how did I not get my head kicked in oh, more than I did? Because I did. You yeah. know, I did. And I've woken up in a gutter because of being just being an idiot. Um, I remember so that uh, that night at a Porto's. 
Yeah, yeah. it was a month, that was very a scary to, month time out for you. from my wedding. Yeah, and yeah, I came out of a porto with burger and chips in hand, and these guys started mouthing off, and I did the stupid thing of um, I I remember saying something like "Go fuck yourself," da 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 da, and this guy came up right up nose to nose, you know. Yeah, and I, I all I needed to do was turn around and walk one meter back in the shop yeah. and eat my dinner. Yeah. They weren't going to do anything to me in there, surely, right? Yeah. Uh, I What I did instead was I th- just all of a sudden thought I was in a movie and I threw the burger and chips up in the air, got about four punches into this guy's head and then woke up yeah. in the gutter with a black eye. Yeah. And it could have been a lot worse. I mean, there was like eight of them, you know. Uh, I know I got kicked around a little bit and my mate got kicked around. You also have no idea how you fall as well, you know, in a situation like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's scary stuff. It was really scary stuff. And, I mean, that should have happened a lot because my mouth really did run away from me a lot of the time, you know. And, again, I think that's sort of linked to that behaviour when you're a kid too, you know. You just go, well, to survive this, how do I get through school? I'll just become the mouth, Yeah, you know, if – you know, you're a short kid and you're not doing very well or whatever. You yeah. sort of become that. It's funny, you know, I'm just it's doing comedy. For ego-driven thing as well. Yeah, you're kind of yeah. like, you know, who am I? I can't just be the guy who just, you know, averts your eyes and, you know, walks yeah. away from conflict. So yeah. who am I going to be? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It was, I think at that stage too, I mean, I'd had a lot of tequila that, that night and I was, I know that I was in a pretty dark place mm. personally. Um, I was probably very anxious about the wedding coming mm. up and, just all manner of different things, you know, job related or whatever. Just, uh, I think I kind of wanted it. Mm. Like I think I was sort of sourcing. I, I wanted to be hit. I mm. wanted to feel something. I don't know why that was the case. It, it was just a bit destructive. There were certain times when I was a bit destructive like that, when mm. I sourced those sorts of things out, you know. Um, but, I mean, there's like, even with my alcohol abuse, there was things... I I went up to the snow with my brother-in-law and a couple of his mates and we went on a snowboarding trip um, in my late 20s and um, there was a door leading out from our, our room in the hostel and one night we went out drinking. We had the time of our lives. It was like karaoke, brought the house down, singing Robbie Williams' Angels, got free rounds of shots <laughs> from the bar. Whole place is carrying us out. They're like bloody heroes. Yeah. You know, It was one of those nights. It yeah. was just an epic, epic evening. So much fun. Directed by uh, Todd Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> and I wake up outside in my boxer shorts in the snow with hypothermia. Mm. That's all. You know, I'm just thinking, how did I get out of here? What the fuck am I doing here? I don't know the pin code to get in. What's going on? Like, I felt like I was in a dream. I was just trapped in this nightmare. Mm. And I was banging, banging on this door. And I ended up having to smash a window to get in. And as I was crawling through, I cut my knee open, which I then the next day had to get stitches for. And um, the chalet, the guy who ran the, the hostel, uh, um, said to me, when I was mortified. I was, I was so embarrassed. I was like, I'm so sorry. My God, I've just obviously sleptwalked. You know, this is, um, this is ridiculous. So, you know. I'll, get, I'll pay for the window. Can we please stay here again? You know, blah, blah. He, goes, he just said, oh, don't worry about it. It happens all the time. Mm. It's high altitude. The heaters are on. People walk around a lot. And so I just thought, oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. No worries. Also turns out that when I walked out of that door, I turned right and that led me around to the front door where the pin, door, you know, the door was uh, to let me in. Had I turned left, I would have fallen off cliff and died. Mm. And there was no knowing. I wasn't awake, you know. I just could have wandered off the cliff. And again, that was should have been me going. Oh, maybe I should 
stop doing this. Maybe I should stop drinking. That night, the night straight night after, we went out again, drank just as heavily. Yep. I slept, walked around the whole place again. And my brother-in-law had to sort of push me away from doors as I was getting out, then put me back into bed, barricaded the door that led outside again uh, and made sure that I was safe. And, yeah, off we go again. Copy, paste, repeat. It's ridiculous. You, you must have found, though, when <coughs> you, you've you've been in the program for a while now and you're, you're attentive to it, right? You've been going I am not in the program anymore. Not in the program anymore. I kind of went through it to a point where I felt like I'd gotten everything that I could from it. Yep. Um, and I, I worked very hard at that part of it, um, getting through through the steps and then just thought i think i'm i think i've got I think what i needed here which like, is which thanks. is great yeah. yeah 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 yeah. um but having worked with people who <coughs> you know who spend a lot of time in the program mm. um you, you can't stop until you until you stop you know like yeah, yeah. rock bottom is so different for lots of other people but how far is it if it's not time to do it yeah it's not time to do it it's so weird that thing, yeah you, you can know? just keep dropping you can't artificially create a situation where the person's like, the, you, do, you, "Do you see how dangerous that was for you?" And you go, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Should, the way I should I should definitely chill out with a couple of drinks after that because I'm a bit hype after that." You know, it's just not how it works. It's not how how addiction works. No, it's not. Um, the last thing that I did want to talk to you about was your was your work, mm. <clears throat> and it, it's almost a cliche, but being fearful of your work, if as a creative. Um, of your work being affected because you are on medication or you've, you've taken something out of your personality which has been disruptive or something like that. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't actually end up working that way, but th- that fear is always there. Was that fear there for you? Yeah, definitely. When I stopped drinking, I thought I wasn't going to be funny anymore. Yeah, right. Yeah, definitely. And, f- you know, for the first couple of weeks, poof, you, I wasn't not funny, but I didn't – I certainly did feel – Do you think it was actually different or you just saw yourself differently? No, I just felt like I was so, kind of sweating in my jocks a little bit. But then I found, oh, God, I've got so much more clarity up here. I'm not slurring, yeah. you know, uh, and I started getting quite empowered by that um, and knowing that I didn't need that beer or, or shot or line or whatever to yeah. get me through this. It wasn't what, – what nerves did I have? What was it that was really – it, it wasn't like I it had gotten to a point where every night I was so nervous I needed to drink to get onto stage. It was more, I really liked the idea that when I rocked up at certain venues, they gave me my own six pack. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, that's really cool. Look at me, I've made it, you know. <laughs> um, so once I sort of got over that initial hurdle, it was actually really empowering to just be up there on fire, having a really good time and being completely sober. Yeah. Um, it was, it's better now. I, I think sometimes... I think I'm better on the fly now on my feet um, when I'm just on stage just talking, you know, roasting someone or, or just doing crowd work, having mm. a bit of a chat, just going from here to there or everywhere. But I think sometimes even – there's sometimes when I'm writing where I'm wondering, is this as good as what it was back then? Has my – have I changed? What's what's changed in me? What is – what do I find funny? Like there's some stuff that I wrote um, – a few years ago that I was so before that it was some of the best stuff that I think I've ever written um, from that show that I show that I did called Get Rich or Die Crying that I think I was just like, man, how did you even write that? Mm. You, know, you were, that was really early on to you being on the Ritalin or, and um, uh, no, I wasn't even on the Ritalin then. That's the thing. Mm. Yeah. And I thought, how did you get there? So now even when I'm writing, I'm kind of, I, I don't, there's, I don't know um, yeah, I don't know if it's it's made me a funnier writer or not yet. I'm still trying to work that out. But I think it's definitely made me a more present performer who's able to 
sort of, you know, think very quickly on his feet. But um, there's no noticeable detraction since you've been taking Ritalin or since you've since you saved up. There hasn't been, you know, this this <coughs> this impasse where you're like, fuck, I'm, you know, I've got writer's block or anything like that. Oh, but I mean, I think uh, we all had that. It was called 2020. Yeah, but right. you know, we just yeah, sort yeah, of sat around and tried to finish Pornhub, but. <laughs> I <laughs> just had a gap year. Um, but no, it's not like... Yeah, it's hard to do Zoom gigs. <laughs> you get paid more. Yeah. Um, I, it's, it, I think there's been certain things where I know I can sit down and go, right, I really want to focus on this or I'll go for a walk and start blocking things out. And um, I, I think my memory's far stronger now too so that if I come up with a different... I come up with a new idea, I mm. can just get up and and flick it out and yep. just go for it rather than i got to look at my notes I'm sweating what was the where did this bit go you know you're sort of a little bit all over the place and you think the alcohol is not is going to help and it doesn't it mm. just makes things a lot more muddier uh, and then you just blag your way through um, with showmanship so yeah I think w- that's definitely 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 helped me yeah so but with with the Ritalin is this uh is it something that you want to do that you get off the Ritalin at some point? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I haven't really had that conversation with my doctor at this stage because yeah. it's, I mean, you can, I guess, you know, I, like I said, I have to check in with him every quarter. He's like, how are you going? Like, what's this going? Blah, blah, blah. Um, you haven't you talked happy? to him about this long-term plan? Of uh, yeah, I just sort of, I was th- anticipating that the next time I speak to him, which is in the next couple of weeks, um, that I was going to ask just sort of, how long do you do this for? Yeah, yeah. Like forever. Yeah. Well, mm. I just, I don't know if you have to. I know that when kids sort of take it from a young age, they don't have to take it all the way through to their, um, when they're grown up. So, I yeah, I wondered, well, all right, what how old was I when I took it yeah. versus how old would I have been when I was a kid? Like you you found an eight-year-old with symptoms, so you started medicating that eight-year-old and up until what they were 18 so is that 10 years so do I do 10 years mm. now and and then just go clean and or whatever but I at the moment it's working for me and I really like it but I mean on the flip side of that my dad is never going to go in he's never going to take it he's just found his way yeah to be a high functioning yeah. person <laughs> so and that's his thing that's which is the difference between 70 and 44 <laughs> yeah I know, you know. yeah totally yeah. So I don't know. I, I guess I, I have to ask him and, and see yeah. as well. But I, but things are good now. They are good now and I don't want to stop. Yeah. I don't f- see the, the need for it. It's not like it's doing the opposite effect. It's certainly, I'm not certainly not hearing a voice telling me to kill myself, yeah. uh, which is awesome, you know. And That's a good starting point. It's a great starting point. <laughs> One foot in front of the other. Yeah. Cam, you, you look great. You seem great. And um, yeah, you're in it. I'm in it. Here we are. Thanks for that. Thanks, mate. That was a very lucid and thoughtful Cam Knight. I really appreciate Cam coming in and and being so honest uh, on the show. Um, It was great to chat to him. And if you do want to go and see one of his shows, which I highly recommend, Cam is uh, an electrifying um, live performer. Um, You should go to his Instagram, which is uh, instagram.com slash... I am Cam Knight, I-A-M-C-A-M-K-N-I-G-H-T. Or you can go to his website, which is camknight.com.au, and there you'll find out about his latest gigs. That's it for the show this week. We've got another show coming up uh, in a few days' time um, for Anzac Day. But until then, 
Follow your bliss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 